good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Those words are attributed to Jesus from his Sermon on the Mount. And of course, Jesus is often known as the, the Prince of Peace. And as we enter this Advent season, we're moving toward that celebration of the consciousness that he brought. I remember when I, the first year I was here at Spiritual Life Center, maybe the first couple of months I was here, I think it was in December, and it was 11 years ago this month, and had one of those events that kind of sticks in your mind if you are just open to it. And, and those were all the little kids in Sandy Hook who were killed. And it makes you wonder whether or not peace on earth is possible. And of course, the last couple months, unless you fasted completely from the news, which is sometimes a very good thing to do, you're aware of the conflict in, in Gaza. And I've had a lot of conversations with my son, who's always been a little bit more mature and aware beyond his years. And he's been following what's going on in that part of the world around him. And, of course, he shared, you know, how he was disturbed by what was happening and what he had seen, what he had heard. And he's been passionately seeking an understanding and, and getting involved in his own way. And I thought back when he was about 11 years old, he started his own YouTube video channel. And, you know, he wasn't talking about video games. He, he had some insights that he wanted to give about Occupy Wall Street at 11. Now, I think a lot of people like 50 years old or no had no idea what that was all about. Probably didn't care. But as I look at some of the current events today, if you take a side about what's taking place in, in, in Gaza, it's like touching the, the third rail. Because either side, you know, if you take one side or the other, the other side will probably vilify you, you know, with all the stuff that's happening around us in, in the world, in our country at times. It kind of reminds me of a song that came out when the hip-hop first came out, which, which kind of started its, its, its birthplace in Brooklyn. There was, a, there was a group called Grand Master Flash, and they, had, and they had words in their song, a line that said something to the effect, it's a jungle out there, make you wonder how you keep from going under. But as we look at what's going on in the world, we can say, no matter how thin the pancake, there are always two sides. 
And spiritually, there's always a third side. And of course, the most important side is the side that supports humanity, and particularly the children. And I think it was the suffering of the children that disturbed my son more than anything. And he was sharing me about a, a story or about a filmmaker who a couple of years ago had went to that region of the world, and the folks were dealing with a lot of challenges and you know, chaos and confusion. And the filmmaker went to all the young kids there and asked them, what is your dream? And they had answers like, you know, my dream is to be a teacher. My dream is to be a doctor to help people. My, my dream is to be a YouTuber. My dream is to be a professional soccer player. My dream is to be an engineer to rebuild my country. But there was one particular response that kind of caught my attention. And one child said, is there a bigger dream than returning home? And I think when we hear things like that and observe such events, we feel, if we have any sense of empathy or heart, we sense a connectedness that reflects more of our true nature as spiritual beings. Because we're all connected on a soul level, on a spiritual level, so whatever happens to one really is happening to all of us, even if we're not conscious of it. So we think about that statement, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And so this Advent season and this topic this week about peace, the season of light, how do we become peacemakers? Well, I think the first thing you got to know, you got to know who you really work for, no matter what your job may be. So wherever we go, we're supposed to mention God's name. You may not say it out loud, but you go into place, you just say, God sent me. God sent me. And not only do you get a good seat, but after you mention God's name, then you get to have a good time. And there's a networking and fellowship and all kinds of things spring into existence that may not have existed up until that point because we remembered who we are and why we are here. And sometimes when you're working for the presence of God, which is our true employer, it's a celebration. Like at this moment when people come together who know God and we go in and celebrate the name and the nature of this presence. And then we have some people who have forgotten God and you have to remind them anyway, in your own way. Oh, God sent us. God sent us. You know, and... Uh, you got to remind them of uh, the things like soul force. You use different words about things like how the soul force changed the universe, like great leaders like Gandhi and King talked about, and the power and the presence that moved mountains through people like Nelson Mandela and Dalai Lama. we got to remind them anyway. And if we do our job well, then we're not worried about not having enough of anything because we're understanding and we're working with an infinite presence and thus we're tapping into an awesome energetic filled with the brim with ideas and resources and cosmic happenings that can only tap into when we realize it's not you or me of our little self that's doing anything. It is that presence that called us forth. And so to manifest God's goodness and to manifest God's joy, to manifest God's awesomeness and peace, we do that when we stand in agreement and realize that what sent us, there all things are possible no matter what's going on. So we can look at the world today and see the challenges and seeming brinks of war. And people ask, do you believe peace is possible? Don't you realize it's just some sort of pipe dream? 
What do you mean, peace on earth? What, are you crazy? And we say, absolutely, yes. We're crazy for the presence and the power and the love of God, and peace is possible. And when an individual comes together and agree that it is possible, we don't necessarily ask how. But we're coming together in agreement that all things are possible. So we're working for God. We can just say together, I'm working for God. Some of you are working for somebody else. I'm working for God. That's what we're here for. That means we have to choose to break away from the belief of separation and choose peace. And we have to want to do this. Even if the other party or other persons or individuals or groups don't seem like they want to do that. Because there are some people, they don't believe in peace. They want problems. You got that little clip we can play now, Christina? If it can come up, it's a meme around the internet. Turn it up loud. I don't want peace. I want problems, always. Always. I think about that to some of the people who just want problems, always. It reminded me of a time that I was uh, with some friends in New York. Uh, we were in ministerial school at the time. We were going to an event. And we needed to catch a taxi, you know, to go to where the event was. And we, we got in the taxi and we told the taxi driver we we're going to XYZ address and, and so forth. And, 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 and he was silent, didn't say anything. He was driving. I guess he, I don't know where he was going. And we said, uh, uh, we're going to XYZ address. And he said, I heard you. I know where you're going. I said, well, we said, well, there's no, was no acknowledgement. You know, we don't know, no problem. So, uh. You know, we stepped back, and we didn't want to, you know, get involved in any kind of problems. And uh, we realized that we wanted to have a willingness to have peace and choose peace. And we were going around, and, and we had to go through a special street to get into a back door to get where we wanted to go. And he seemed to be a little lost, and we were trying to give him directions, and he just yelled at us, well, stop playing games. If you don't stop playing games, you will never get to your destination. I said, oh, okay, let's back up here. You got to go for peace. We, and so at the end, when we got to where we wanted to go, uh, you know, it was like 3 or $4. It didn't cost that much. And, and my, my friend, he only had a $20 bill, and, and he handed it to him. And he said, I can't break this bill. I can't, you know, what are you doing? Give me $20 for this $3, $3 ride. And we said, this is yours. You keep this. You need this. <laughs> Keep it. We wanted to have peace. We got to prepare for peace. We got to wake up in the morning. And we walk out the door. Even if before we walk out the door, we want to be prepared for more love, for more peace than our mind may even imagine. And I think we prepare for it by willing to bring it. There was a story about a man who had a lot of experience of, of chaos and confusion and, and high drama in his home. And he was sharing that whenever he went to his home, he was met with a lot of ruckus because he had some kind of wild kids and there was a lot of discord going on and had some challenges with his, his partner. And he went to a counselor and he was counseled that when he went home, when he put the key in the door, he was charged to become what he wanted to meet on the other side. And to not to open the door until he could be what he wanted to meet. And the man said that sometimes he had that key in the door and it was there for a long time. 
But he would take a breath, and he would become the peace. He would become the love. He'd become the patience. He'd become the beauty that he wanted to meet. And after a while, when he would open the door over a period of time, he met what he brought. I think we meet what we bring over and over again. And if we want to have peace, we have to bring peace. And of course, along the way, we must continuously describe what we want to see. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I think to manifest this peace or what Martin Luther King called the beloved community or what Paul in the Bible called a colony of heaven, we must describe the world differently. Understand what we describe, we ultimately see. We want to begin to describe the world as that beloved community, as that colony of heaven. And we do that by doing a few things right here, right now, from where we are. As I like to say in this work, it always starts with us. We never talk about changing the other person or changing something outside of us. There's a lot of places you can go. You can blame it on God. You can blame it on the demons and the devils. But ultimately, we have to take the full responsibility for our experience. The problem is many people have brought into a sense of separation. We breathe a sense of isolation, and then this behavior comes in alignment with this isolation and this separation. So to the degree that many individuals, they may have an active prayer practice, but they only have a tendency to pray for their friends. But Jesus challenged this sense of separation and isolation and said, pray for your enemies. And I can imagine when he started saying that, those who were around him said, oh, I will follow him no more. Because most of the time, I'm sure most of us, we'll spend our time praying for our friends and those that may be, you know, infirmed at the, any given time. And we may spend little time praying for the individuals that we may consider foes, that do not like us, that we call enemy. And I'm not saying don't pray for your friends, particularly if you consider me a friend, please pray for me every day. I need it. But I'm saying expand our point of view and begin to bring into our daily practice those individuals, those people that we may not like, that we may not agree with, that may be totally opposite from our point of view. But as we begin to reach out in an inward way, we challenge the perception, perception of separation. We expand our purview of what a neighbor is. And then we begin to discover, as Jesus described, the enemy is in our own mind. Someone once told me that whenever we have a conflict with someone else, it's not, he said that you're not at war with the other person. You're at war of, with your concept of them, what you believe them to be. So we want to expand our prayer practice, and we want to make it a practice that we consciously embrace the individual, past, present, or future, that we may be at odds with. And when I say future, you know, some folks may be planning to be at odds with some people. And right now, they might be planning what they're going to say when they see them tomorrow. They got it all mapped out in their mind, in their awareness, and they say things like, okay, when I see him, when I see her, oh, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. But they forget that if they keep giving away a piece of their mind, they won't have any mind left after a while. So past present, future, we begin to break through the sense of separation. 
And this one strategy is to anchor that peace that exists in the mind of God in our own life. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. It begins on an individual level. You know, our world is nothing more than a reflection of our collective consciousness. And if we do not do it on an individual level, it's not going to happen on a national or world level. So we might ask ourselves, when was the last time we may have sent uh, to our so-called enemy or foe or someone we're at odds with a love note? When was the last time we were maybe upset with somebody and somebody held, uh, we held a grudge against them, and we just decided to send them an anonymous or signed letter saying, you are a loving child of God. You're all right. Nobody's raising their hand right now, but that's okay. I'm not raising mine now either, because it's simple to say, hard to do. If it hasn't happened on an individual level, and we have not expanded our point of view to pray for our so-called enemies, then nationally we cannot ask for our governments to drop bread instead of bombs if we're not reaching out in the same way. So I think the challenge for us to foster this consciousness of peace or this beloved community is to enlarge our prayer circle to include those we have cast out of our hearts. That perhaps on a regular basis, just start maybe once a month. We go through a checklist, perhaps of someone we had odds with, uh, and send them something. Somebody told me when I had some odds with somebody, he just said, send them a note with some money in it. And I said, I will follow you no more. <laughs> I didn't have a lot at the time. But he said, just send a card and said, you know, I'm, I think you're beautiful. And watch, within our own minds, the boundaries at our separation begin to dissolve and begin to feel good by allowing the all good, the all love of God to be expressed through us. Like I said, it's simple, but not always easy when you write it down. But we know it's not necessarily meant to be easy. Sometimes spiritual work is actually hard. Because we see so much unlike peace taking place around us in our world, and sometimes it touches our soul. You know, there was once a king who offered a prize to the artist who would paint the best picture of peace. And many of the artists tried. And the king looked at the pictures, but there were only two that he really, really liked. And so he had the, the moment that we had to choose between them. And one picture had a very calm lake, and the lake was a perfect mirror of, of, of peaceful, towering mountains around it. And it was overhead. There was a, a, a blue sky with fluffy white clouds. And all you saw in this picture was a scene of perfect peace. But the other picture was different. It had mountains too. But they were rugged. They were bare. And above those mountains was an angry sky from which rain fell and lightning flashed. And down the side of the mountain tumbled foaming waterfalls. This did not look peaceful at all. But when the king looked closely, he saw behind the waterfall a tiny bush growing in a crack of the rock. In the bush, 
a mother bird had built her nest. And there amid the rush of angry water sat the mother bird on her nest in perfect peace. And so the king chose the second picture for the prize. And the people wondered why. Why did he pick that picture? And the king went on to explain that peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise. It does not mean to be in a place where there is no trouble. It does not mean to be in a place where there is no hard work. Peace means that during those things to still be calm in our heart. So remember that peace is not the absence of war. Peace is not the absence of negativity. Peace is a dynamic spiritual quality of its own. It is real. It is dynamic. It is alive. It is potent. And you and I know when we are in the realm of peace, it is not the absence of something. It is the presence of something. Like those kids who were sharing their dreams in the midst of the chaos around them when the photographer asked them those questions. In the midst of those calamities, they went to a place of peace to capture their dreams. And we know in order for there to be peace in our community, ultimately the world and our world as well, we must begin with us. So we continue to ask, what can I anchor in my life to bring about this peace? And I believe when there's a critical mass that asks that question and anchor peace in their life, we will shock the world. We will shock the nation. And imagine for a moment our politicians, which are simply a reflection of their mass awareness and consciousness. Imagine those politicians are now followers of that consciousness. So when decisions are made, the first inclination is about reconciliation. The first decision is about peace and love and building bridges, making neighbors, world citizenship, rather than protection, separation, and an us versus them awareness. So our assignment, should we choose to accept it, is to remember the all good of God and realize it's everywhere present and it's our duty, it is our mandate, it is our commission to participate in it. So when we pray for our so-called enemy or the person that we are at odds with, we do so understanding the enemy's reflection of those unresolved separations within our own soul so that the national, cultural, and religious trends shift to inclusivity, reconciliation, forgiveness, harmony, and I dare say love. For love is not merely a nice thing. It's seeing the potential in everyone. Because if we stop seeing it in everyone, then the light goes off in us. So this Advent season, in fact, every day of our life, let's live as if there's only one love because it is, and that is the love of God. Let us live as if there's only one life because it is, and that is the life of God. Let us live as if there's only one people because they're only children of God. Let us think and live from that awareness and watch as the great world in which we live begins to reflect the glory of this living God, that colony of heaven, that beloved community, which is God's plan for every person and all of us so that we may be those peacemakers and be called the children of God. Peace and blessings to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website 
at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh, oh.